0: with our theme this morning. I invite you to turn to Psalms 149 as we open up God's Word. I trust that you've been enjoying our summer food of Psalms. We're going to be looking at two more, and uh, today we'll be looking at Psalms 149, if you get the uh, notes up on the screen there. And oh man, it's 22, Let's see if I can get this done by 12 o'clock here. All right, this is uh, this is the reading of God's Word, Psalms 149 says this praise the Lord sing to the Lord a new song oh, sure so now yeah, okay. yeah, let's try again praise the Lord praise sing praise to the Lord a, sing to the Lord a new song it is praise the assembly of God let Israel be glad in his maker Let the children of Zion rejoice in their King, let them praise His name with dancing, making melody to Him with tambourine and lyre, for the Lord takes pleasure in His people. He adorns the humble with salvation, let the godly exalt in glory, let them sing for joy in their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples. To bind the kings with chains and the nobles with fetters of iron. To execute on them the judgment that is written. This is an honor for all the godly ones. Praise be to the Lord. Let's pray this morning. Father, We come to you today as followers, giving you thanks and enablement for enabling us to experience the life that you have for us today. As we are about to settle and learn about your word, I ask that you may grant me the gift of reading and presenting your word to everyone in the church in a clear and accurate way. And God, you would encourage us where we need to be encouraged and convict us where we need to be convicted. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been going through the book of Psalms, and we've been learning about various different kinds of psalms, and we've been saying that the Psalms, as a book, is a collection of songs that uh, followers or believers would actually use to sing and to, uh, uh, to sing to get the Word of God in their heart. And there are very, many different kinds of songs. There are songs of lament. There's the songs of sin, I showed you one last week. There are songs of of cursing. I'm not sure we'll get to that, but those are fun ones. There's songs of praise, songs of thanksgiving, and all various different kinds of songs. And the last three songs of the book of songs are called the Hallelujah Songs. And I'd like to share with you just one of them, Psalms 149. And when you and I look at Psalms 149, the best way to describe it is that you can uh, divide Psalms 149 into three sections, and each has to do with certain times that you and I are to praise the Lord, that we are to praise the Lord in times of blessing, that you and I are to praise the Lord in times of suffering, and you and I are to praise the Lord in times of conflict, in times of warfare. And so what I would say is, like those. that's how you would break about this song. But if you were to uh, think about it right now, it, when I think about praise, it, I when I think about praise and the, what's going on in the world right now, it doesn't feel like the right time for joy, for celebration, for laughter, or for praise, does it? Uh, just by way of example uh, James, has, uh, James has a fascination with the weather so if he <coughs> borrows my phone he'll spend all the time saying hey he'll open the weather app and say look hey check it out it's, uh, it's sunny in Aramosio it's like 20 degrees in Florida, in Vancouver it's rainy and you just go on and, on and on and on about the weather and as such I've become well versed about the news stories that are been making, what, that are weather related. Have you? And I've just thought about this and I was like, I think the word to describe them is wow, okay? Kelowna this week is a state of emergency as they're dealing with fire, same with the Northwest Territories. How about what happened in the Southwest, uh, the Southwest Coast of Newfoundland and they had that torrential drain port, Downfall. How about the fact that Canada reports the worst wildfire season on record, and there seems to be more that come with 13.4 uh, that doesn't seem right. Uh, Alberta had a state of emergency. Hundreds of uh, people fled in northern Alberta due to flooding. We know that some of us have experienced drought, and that's just on this side of the border. We have uh, if you've heard the stories too, you know that Maui's on fire and that California is bracing for its worst hurricane in a number of years. And that's just the weather-related stories. It all seems pretty bad. We could go on and on about how there's inflation, and it just just seems like it's it's not a very joyous time right now, is it? In fact, I would probably argue that ever since we hit 2019, it just feels like... Everything has gotten serious. Everything has gotten bad. And and the motivation to be joyful, the motivation for celebration, it feels out of place. It doesn't feel right to praise. It doesn't feel very optimistic these days. It feels like we live in a praiseless moment in time. You know what I mean by a praiseless moment? It's a time in life where you feel the least like like praising God. And we don't have to have a bad world or a bad culture to feel like that, because you and I will go through seasons in our life, personal times in our lives where we go through highs and lows, and in those low moments when we're dealing with stuff that's going on, maybe things in the home are stressful, maybe there's broken relationships, maybe we're going through a time of financial hardship, Maybe there's something going on in the family. Maybe we're dealing with the loss of somebody. Whatever it is, in those moments, they feel very praiseless, don't they? And in those moments, it seems like praising the Lord uh, can come off or be interpreted as being cavalier to the pain and the hardship going around us. There are times in life where the hardest thing to do is to utter praise to the Lord. And there are other times in life where we are going through things that are so hard that when when we're going through times of suffering where someone encourages us to praise the Lord, that we are actually turned off by those words, aren't we? And I feel like you know, we kind of live in a time. Everyone is serious. Every all the things are bad. There's inflation. There's all this kind of thing. It doesn't seem like a time to be joyful and to celebrate the Lord. But our text this morning teaches us that, or urges us, all of God's people to to praise the Lord, regardless of the circumstances that you and I find ourselves in. And I would say to you, and I would say to you, that uh, when you and I are in times in our life that we feel the least like praising God, Psalms 149 gives us three circumstances where we are to praise God to remind us that when we feel the least like praising God, those are actually the moments in life where you need to praise God the most. Now you might be sitting there and saying, well, why do we need to praise God all the time? It actually sounds a little bit egotistical. I mean, if I were to transfer that to a human relationship and I like, and I would be demanding praise all the time, we would be saying that that person is is, uh, is selfish, has a blown-up attitude, is prideful. So why would we do it to God? Because here's the thing, friends when you and I are in moments where you and I do not feel like praising God, okay? praise actually acts as a way for us to draw closer to God in our lives and to be in His presence in times where we feel like it's the exact opposite. It works against our feelings because there are in praiseless moments, we don't feel close to God. We don't feel like He's, He cares for us We don't feel like He's good, and praise actually counters that with truth to say that God is near, that God is caring. What is praise? It might be helpful to know what praise is. Well, you think it would be a really straightforward answer to know what praise is, right, to give a simple definition, but it actually is quite hard to give a biblical definition of praise. You want to know why? Why? For the same reason that it's hard to give a biblical definition of love. If you've been at church for a while, you know that the Bible was never written, or written in English. It was written in different languages, ancient languages, a long time ago. And one of those languages was Greek. And in Greek, in the New Testament, uh, they have four different kinds of words for love. Right? And they're all very kind of specific, uh, different kinds of love, like brotherly love or romantic love or familiar love or agape love, which is the time we talk about what the kind of Jesus did when he came and died for us on the cross. But those are all different words, that when they get translated into English, their English translation just translates it love. Right? We all know that. And so it actually becomes a little bit difficult to understand what the Bible is talking about unless you read it in context about what kind of love it is. And that exact same phenomenon actually happens with the word praise. And there are more than seven different kinds of words that are translated praise, the English within in the Psalms, and they are very, very, very different. Yada means to... Praise God by extending or raising your hand. Toda uh, means to give a praise of thanksgiving. Hala means to shine, to to hence to make a show, to boast, to celebrate. Shabbat means to address in a loud tone. Zamar means to properly uh, pluck with strings a stringed instrument. <coughs> And tahila means to sing loudly. And every time you read through those songs, all those words get translated into praise. So the praise actually becomes a very generic term because you're like, what does it mean? And so my best I was going through Psalms and I was trying to best understand like what is what is a good and concise definition of praise. Here's my best guess at it. That praise, according to God, if you took all those terms and you boil it down to a common denominator, I would probably say that biblical praise is a consistent flow of celebration and appreciation for God. It's the celebrating and promoting everything that God is doing. You see, friends, praise is not a mysterious or ambiguous thing. Some people, many people are afraid of praise because they associate it with some sort of wild, uncontrolled, highly emotional praise service in which individuals faint, scream, jump around, or bark like dogs in the service. They're afraid that it's turning church into a concert, which I can understand, but praise is something deeper than that. It's expressing and celebrating our affection for God out of our love for God. Think of it like this. When a man dates his wife-to-be, Praise becomes an important part of the courting experience. When he appreciates the beauty of her hair, he should express it to her verbally. He should compliment her beauty, her choice of perfume and clothing, and her excellent taste. And guys, if he enjoys her cooking or a special gift, he should freely express his appreciation. If he admires the way she expresses herself, again, he should say something. When you love somebody? Praise should come naturally because it's genuine. And it stimulates us to draw closer to each other. And in the case of relationship with God, it actually brings us closer to God in a time when we don't feel like we should be. Praise isn't really something we do for God. God has no ego to soothe. We praise God because of what God has done for us. And it should be joyous and it should be celebrated. But it doesn't always feel like that, does it? And so what the Psalms does is it gives us three circumstances in which we are to praise God. And I would argue that the common theme between all three of these circumstances is they are the time when we don't really think to or feel like praising God, but we should. And the first is that we should praise God in the time of blessing. Follow along with me in verses 1 to 3, if you will. It says this Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in them. Let the praise of his name let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourines and lyres. At the core of it, Psalms 149 is telling us to praise God. Because he is about to bring salvation, and heal, and rescue, and to bless those, and to help the sick, he's getting, and he's going to bring judgment upon those who are hurting us. So it's basically saying like this, hey guys, God is about to do a good thing. He's about to save you, he's about to rescue you, he's about to give you justice, he's about to bless you in this way, we should praise him. And so what I would want to say is that the first and foremost time that we should bless God, or praise God, is in times of blessing. Times of blessing should prompt us with spontaneous praise. And if you look very closely in the text, it is actually telling you to praise in three different ways. It's telling you to sing a new song, to be glad in the Lord, and to praise Him with dancing and making melody to and not in your heart. He tells us sin. When God brings goodness into the lives of people, He loves to hear us respond with fresh and spontaneous expressions of delight. Even better when we are gathered together as the church to to celebrate with each other. After all, we openly share times of stress and heartache just as we should. We should also share times when we are happy and God has blessed us. It also tells us to be glad in the Lord. And it also tells us that we are to express delight in the Lord, to really let loose. Dancing in Scripture is not the same as dancing today. We do not work or motivate that way. The dancing in Scripture was done out of praise in in one's heart for God to bring His blessing and deliverance. So a good example of that would be when David danced, when he in him the, in, in, the, in the ark in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 12 to 15. Or likewise when Mary and sister Moses danced and praised uh, after the Israelites across the Red Sea in Exodus 15, 20 to 21. It's this idea that we to celebrate and to praise the Lord and to be exuberant and say and celebrate and delight in him in times of blessing. Do you want to know why it's so important for you and I to praise during times of blessing in our lives? Because if you don't, your pride becomes unbridled. You can slip into thinking that everything good in your life was because you're just that good, or you worked that hard, or you married the right family, or you raised your kids right. Praise reminds us and draws us closer to God by reminding us That everything good comes from God, regardless of how you live. Remember what what Jesus says Himself. He makes the rain fall on the godly and the ungodly. Everything Everything good in your life comes from the hand of God. Not how hard you work the land. Not how hard you work the family. Now you might say, I did all those things. But who gave you the ability to do those things? The Lord Himself. Everything that you have that is good in your life comes from God. Unfortunately, some in the Christian ranks have begun to believe that it is more spiritual to suffer. Or the opposite extreme is that you are more spiritual if you have all the materialistic stuff in your world. Like the health and wealth movement. What a lousy testimony in loving God. While the Lord uses suffering to cultivate godly character, he also delights when, to, to give good things to his people. You are to praise God when the blessings flow. They come from him. Psalm 75, 6-7 says this, makes this clear: For not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the desert comes exaltation, but God is the judge. He puts down and exalts one another. The whole point of the first three verses is to praise God for the good work that He is about to do. Secondly, you are to praise God in times of suffering. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. He will beautify the afflicted... Or, Sorry, let me read the ESV version of this. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exalt in the glory. Let them sing of the joy in their beds the high praises of God be in their throats and the two-edged, and two-edged swords in their hands. So let me just talk about this because you actually need a little bit of an explanation. The, it's better rendered, instead of the word for, it's actually better, other translations will render it, because, okay, because the Lord takes pleasure in his people, he adorns the humble with salvation. And humble there is is not the quite humble that you and I think of, um, it's not humble in terms of humility and a character trait it's more humble in uh a, like a humble circumstances. Some translations will say this that it is instead of the word humble will place the word afflicted so in, in other words, it reads like this: because the Lord takes pleasure in his people, he adorns the afflicted with salvation years ago uh, years ago uh this is a I met some these this wonderful couple. This is a Joyce and Frank Kasdorf. and they functioned as the board chair couple at the previous church where we served. And they were a great couple, very godly couple. They were instrumental in helping uh, us through a great time during the church where we almost split the church over worship, believe it or not. We had an old church uh, where the church was uh, over 65 years of age and we wanted to bring people into the church who were younger and we, we had those kind of worship board debate and this family was just a great family with a lot of wisdom and knowledge about how to navigate that. They were great, great Godly couple. God. Years after we first met them, Joyce was diagnosed with a kind of cancer and she passed away. And as you could imagine, because she had such a, a great influence in the church, when it came time for her memorial, the church was packed. Over 900 people came to her service. And when you walked in those doors, it was a little bit of a different service, because you walked in, and instead of the memorial that was being played, you know, it was loud, it was youth music, it was... Uh, stuff that you might see at a youth conference. They were praising and shouting the Lord, and so you walked in and you felt very, and you you experienced this for the first time, and the very first time, your very first thought walking into the sanctuary was, this is hugely disrespectful. Who praises and shouts and raises their hands and laughs during a memorial service. The worship leader led a couple songs and then addressed this very issue by saying that in her will, Joyce asked that the worship music be Joyce in the celebration of the Lord, and it would be done in the style of the young people. That service lasted four hours, two hours longer than what was allotted, because they were praising God during times of suffering. And in that moment, we celebrated what God would have done through the life of Joyce Kasdorf, And it felt, my whole point in bringing this up is it it felt very counterintuitive to pray praise during a time of suffering. And I want to tell you something. There is no other time in your life that you feel less like praising God than when you go through a heartache. But I'm going to tell you that those are the times when you... Actually need to pray the most. In Psalms and the passage before us, it actually gives us two reasons why you are to do that. The first is that God actually adorns the humble. When he takes pleasure in His people. Okay. The Hebrew word means to accept favorably, to be pleased with, to be satisfied with. So often, the one who is set aside feels completely unloved and useless in times of suffering. There, he isn't, God isn't, we aren't contributing anything because we can't. We're, we're suffering. We're, we're, we're not able to produce. And he begins to feel as though he is nothing but a drag, a weary responsibility on his family members. And that is why suffering is usually a praiseless moment. But this verse says quite the opposite. It says that God accepts us favorably. He is pleased with us, even when we are laid aside and totally unproductive in moments of suffering. That fact alone should encourage you that in moments of suffering, God really cares for you. The second reason you should praise during suffering is because He beautifies His people. It says that He adorns the humble. To be technical, The verse that says he will beautify the afflicted ones with salvation uh, means that he will come and deliver us. When deliverance comes, when healing occurs, when the sunshine of hope splashes across the once dismal room of the sufferer, beauty will return. The long facial lines of stress begin to fade, the light returns to the eyes, the whole countenance is lifted. God beautifies them. In a broader, long, literal sense, however, I would want to suggest that God brings glory to many who live long years with affliction as well. Some of the most beautiful people I've come to know are people who have been scarred by disease, pain, and paralysis, stationed upon their bed, or limited to a chair, and they become beautiful sufferers. They have a radiance about them. And this is why we are to give praise to God in moments of suffering. Have you ever felt helpless when you have a loved one suffering? How many of you have been in a situation where there has been a loved one, someone that you care about, go through a tremendous time and you're really, you want to help but you're not really sure what to do. You feel a little helpless. Hands up. Well, let me give you a piece of advice from the Psalms about how they handle <clears> that. I would would not recommend trying to cheer up the person that is suffering by helping them see quote unquote the silver lining. Instead I would encourage them to join others in praise and worship. That they would immerse themselves in praise. And if you can't get them to a worship service, bring the worship service to them. So here's how you help. Go (coughs) Go over, call them up, ask if they can come and you can pray for them. Bring a guitar, bring a Bluetooth speaker or your favorite hymn book, and just ask if you can sing and praise the Lord with them. Because in those moments where you're suffering, you're going to feel like the Lord does not care for you and that He won't save you or He won't beautify you or He won't do that anymore. And when we praise the Lord, when we enter in a time of worship, it draws us closer to the heart of God. We are to praise God in times of suffering. Lastly, we are to praise God in times of warfare. It says this, Let the high praises of God begin their throats of the two-edged swords in their hands, to execute vengeance on the nations, and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains, and they're nobles with fetter and iron. So let me uh, talk about this quite a little bit. If, if you want a good example of what I'm talking about, this, this text right here is a little bit hard to interpret, but it's essentially telling us that in times of warfare or times of conflict, the knee-jerk reaction a lot of us have is to fight or to protest, but really we are to praise and worship. If you want a really good example of this, I want to show you uh, I don't know how many of you saw this but uh, in November we had uh, one of our missionaries uh, from heart share a little bit about what is happening over in Ukraine you guys remember that? a Zoom conversation going in and he was sharing us with us giving us an update of what had happened and he showed this clip to this church that Sunday and this is a clip of Ukrainian Christians praying while they are being bombed, they are praising God in the middle of the Yeah, just we all recognize that song. That's sort of the idea of the text here. If you want another example, I, give, I submit to you that certain states down in the US had lots of restrictions, far worse than we had here, and a lot of people protested, a lot of people went violent. But there was a group of Christians actually that decided to say, well, if we can't pray in our churches and worship in our churches, we're just going to pray and worship outside. And it began a movement where actually people began to, it was a form of protest that I actually think was very successful in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And yet here's what I was going to say. is like in moments of conflict and in moments of warfare, the last thing that we think of is to praise. We actually feel like it is a praiseless time. Look at the verse forming right here. It says in verse 6, let the high praises of God begin with their <coughs> begin in their throats and the two-edged sword in their hands. Well, what does that mean exactly? Well, it means that uh, <clears throat> while you're singing praises, keep your sword ready. The word pitcher might be drawn from the days of Nehemiah, if you remember that story in the Old Testament, where the Jews were rebuilding the walls to the city of Jerusalem, they sang praise as they worked, and they maintained battle readiness with their swords. The visual picture is a worker with a mason's trowel in one hand and a sword in the <coughs> other. Seven, verses 7 to 9 are the most difficult in the Psalm to understand. As I, as I stated before, this is written to you, the people of Israel, and it's important for us to interpret this psalm historically with the believing Jew in mind. You see, the enemies of Israel were enemies of God, so Israel was trained to be militant, aggress, to be a militant of an aggressive aggressive force against wrong. And they were still working. Once they were given the land of Canaan, they were never permitted by God to conquer other lands, only to defend their own. Practically, verses 7 and 9, exhort the Christian today to stand and fight against all the host of the demonic world. Our warfare is not seen in the realm of the seen, but is what is in what is unseen. Not in the intelligible realm of guns and bombs and protests, but the spiritual realm with deception and the sin's temptation. This is precisely what 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-5 is saying, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but divinely, power, but divinely powerful for the destruction of the fortress. For we are destroying speculations on every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive. Every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Do you remember what I told you when we first started Psalms? That the whole point of Psalms is to get the word of Christ to dwell in you richly. To go from your head into your heart. And when we are in the middle of conflict, one of the wisest things you can do, is just stop for a moment and worship the Lord. Make no mistake, friends, we are in a conflict. We are in a war. What ways have you experienced the enemy's attack? And how did you respond? When deception or temptation strike, can I just encourage you to take a period of time and immediately pray and praise God in the midst of So those are the three areas, my friends, that you and I are to praise God in times of blessing, in times of suffering, and in times of conflict. Psalms 149 encourages the people of God to praise Him in all times, regardless of the circumstances that we find ourselves in, not just when we feel like praising God. In times of blessing, we are to praise Him. In times of suffering, we praise Him. In times of warfare, we praise Him when we come to that inevitable place in our Christian experience that we can honestly say praise the Lord in every situation and genuinely mean it, we will have assimilated the full thrust of this magnificent song. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the book of songs. We pray that as we go forward today, God, we will learn to praise you in those praiseless moments those times where we really don't feel like praising you, when we seek you out and give glory to you in those moments. Because the truth of the matter is, God, is in those moments where we do not feel like praising you, we feel like you may be far from us, that you're not going to rescue us, that you do not care for.